And so I'll choose to not push my point, push my opinion for the relationship's sake. Is your health thriving or is it merely surviving? Welcome to Thriving with Chiropractic, where we unpack conditions and lifestyle challenges in order for you to be the best version of health you can possibly be. I'm your host, Dr. Mosier, and my beautiful co-host is my wife, Ellen. Join us on this journey to thrive. Hey folks, Dr. Mosier here, and I have Jason with me, and you've been the head pastor with Legacy for 11 years this month. Yes, absolutely. Now, how long have you been in ministry? So, um, this year will be 26 years. 26 so, ministry. that's a long time to be in ministry. Sure. There's a lot of ups, there's a lot of downs. Yeah. Why, why did you get into ministry? So, um, ministry started for me when I was 18 years old. I actually, I knew that God had um, called me to some form of ministry for, you know, even through my teenage years. And um, when I turned 18, um, an opportunity opened up at our church, and uh, I did not feel qualified at the time. I just graduated, and I hadn't been to any kind of Bible college. And the church asked me to take the position of youth pastor. And uh, I, at the time, I was just felt overwhelmed by the, even the idea of that, and I just didn't feel qualified. And I was looking at going to a Bible college, and um, somebody came to me, a very well good friend, and. Uh, and uh, leader in my life and came to me and said, you've been in ministry, um, you've been a part of the church and seen the ins and outs. You've learned as much, maybe more than what a lot of college people have known or even taught. And uh, don't try to get qualifications of the world when you know God's called you to something. And um, from that point on, I, I just began to step out and people, I will say that, um, you know, people believing in you gives you the ability to do things that sometimes you don't think you can do even of yourself. And so that, I went into that and my heart was um, all out. I mean, for 15 years, um, I got married and uh, three years into the youth ministry and me and my wife, you know, we were youth pastors at the church for many years, it had the ups and downs. I mean, grew the youth group to large numbers and we've different seasons. Obviously they're only in your life for a short amount of time, but just absolutely uh, passionate about it. And then um, in 2011, the church had an opportunity where they asked me to to move into the senior pastor position and hand it over to me and so that was uh, when I I knew that at that point that was it was a scary step for me but at the same time um, I knew it was something that God had called me to so um, that was when I stepped into that and it's been um, it's been an adventure awesome yeah. you said something a, a couple moments ago you felt like you weren't qualified Oh yeah, and, and my mind goes to a quote that I, I've, I've come across often, especially in my life, is God doesn't call the qualified; He calls the qualifies, qualifies the called. Excuse the called, me. Yeah, uh, and and I think that's a testament of your story. Sure, sure, absolutely. And if a lot of people don't realize this, but actually one of the reasons why I felt so unqualified, and even testimony to what I am now, I was, I was, I was homeschooled. I was raised in a, in a, you know, a family where we were, I was a little bit more isolated from a lot of relationships. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people don't know this, but as through my teenage years, I was so nervous. Like I had a major self-conscious and nervousness about being around people and in front mm -hmm. of people. Could not speak in front of people at all. In fact, I will tell you the story. Yeah. At 17 years old, um, my youth pastor asked me to come up and share on a Friday night with their youth group. 
and um, and asked me to share it. And I was so nervous. I had prepared and prepared um, what I was going to share and uh, had the notes in front of me. I was so nervous. And this was in front of my friends. I mean, this was just literally, I mean, everybody in the youth group was, I was great friends with. It was nothing, nobody that sh I should have ever been nervous around. But I was so nervous, I passed out passed out on the stage that I, I speak at every Sunday oh. in, in the same church. <laughs> Sorry, I should have laughed. No, it, it is, it's hilarious, but it is actually a testimony to say that, you know, I, at that point, you know, anybody who says I can't do it because of something, you don't overcome something by running from it. Mm. I, I didn't give up. I had people mm, who believed it. I, I remember waking up from passing out on being on the floor and my youth pastor going, come on, Jay, get up. And I remember thinking, oh, God, thank goodness. I won't have to finish this. And he said, get back up. You're going to finish this. And I'm like, no. Oh, no. 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 I just wanted to pass out again. I was, I was just so nervous. And this was just in front of my own peers. And so the idea of, of doing what I'm doing today, and if people knew me back then of, of how nervous I was and how I was not a public speaker, and I'm st I don't, still don't consider I still myself a very average person and not a great speaker, but I know that what, what, when God puts something on your heart, that he then gives you the ability to do it. And I, I feel like that's, that's proof by uh, the testimony of what God has done in my life. Wow. <laughs> You'd be able to do that, so, well, from where I've come from. Well... You've actually really poured into me, and, and I don't even think you've realized how much you poured into mm -hmm. me. We've, we've been uh, working together for quite some time yeah, on your yeah. spine, um, but on one of your visits, I was telling you how excited I am about my Rattle the Cage, the book, yes. and I'm going to yes. do a talk for one of the local churches, and um, I was so excited, and I was telling you what it was about. I was telling you, oh, it's about going after your goals, going after right. your dreams, and, and you mentioned in Second Corinthians, yeah, you were like, okay, chapter thirteen and fourteen go together, yeah. or excuse me, twelve and fourteen go yeah. together so well because it's talking about spiritual gifts, right? You right. know, it could be speaking in tongues or the gift of speaking or right. or what have you. He said, but you said chapter thirteen looks like it's misput in there, right? But it's put in there so perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, and it's Talk to us about it. It's, it's missed. Well, so it talks about your, your giftings and your callings and what God has called us to. But one of the things that we sort of, if you were reading through, you'd go, why is this love chapter in the middle of these two chapters? It's like, why would he put that there? It seems like it's out of place. Because before and after, he's talking about your callings and that type of thing. And then in the middle, he talks about how if, if, you, if, if it's not wrapped in love, basically, mm -hmm. if it's not done in love, whatever you do, if it's not done in love, then you're just a clanging symbol. You're just yeah. making racket, which, you know, a clanging symbol is like somebody just annoyingly crashing something. That just, after a while, and I think that's what a lot of times we, um, as a church, I don't just say as church in general, you know, the, the church in general, not any specific church, but we as a church, um, we have many times missed, I think we're just noise to the world. Mm. Rather than when we wrap it in love that... It, I believe that that goes so much more into, I believe what, what I, I'm, my ministry and what God has called me as a, as, a, as a voice to is that Jesus made such a clear command to us. He said, as I have loved you, a new command I give you, mm -hmm. to love one another as I have loved you. And that command was not just something that he just came up with and to add to all the other commands of the Old Testament, but this was to be the thing that was going to be define us. In the very next verse he says, 
he talks about how that he said by this everyone will know that you are my disciples by not by going to church not by um, your love for him even but he goes and he, he takes our focus off of a, a vertical relationship focused on him but talks about our horizontal relationships and this is what I like to call our horizontal relationships are actually what most of the New Testament talks about whether it's Paul whether it's the Apostles or even what Jesus he says by this will everyone know that you're my disciples by your love for one another mm. and so I think that the fact that he put love in the middle of it and he said and, it, and, it, and he ends that love chapter with love never fails and I think that's a powerful statement to be said about how we walk out our lives. We so many times, so we're so focused on our position with God that mm -hmm. we miss how we walk out our relationships horizontally with one another. And when we forget that aspect, I mean, Jesus over and over he said, as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Well, that means that how I treat you or how I treat this person or in my business actions with this person or in my, how I handle well, we could even say our driving habits or how we yes. deal with people in general is how they're going to know that we're his disciples. How we walk out and, and go, well, hold it. There's people that are always going to rub you wrong. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. But we have a choice of how we're going to handle those situations. And he says it's our love for others that's going to be the sign. And so I just, I think that that is a, a powerful tool in our lives to be able to, to be able to show people. So for, for me um, and our ministry, our church, I think that's sort of the thing that sets us apart. I'm not saying other churches, other people don't love us. And I don't want to get into, you know, that type of thing. But I believe that how we walk it out, it's not about pointing the finger. It's not about a list of do's and don'ts, but by our loving one another as he has loved us. He said, um, as for he said that, he says, this new command, mm -hmm. the loving as I have loved you, is to, is, is a fulfills all the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. So therefore, he's talking about, he's saying, listen, everything from the old covenant, we can try to walk all those out. But as we understand loving one another as he has loved us, as we walk that out, we're going to fulfill all the commands. I love the statement that I got, and it's not mine, but it, I've, I use it often. Andy Stanley makes a statement. He said, "He said, when in doubt of what to say or do, mm -hmm. ask what love requires of you. Mm -hmm. Because we should be asked, that should be the, the thing. Jesus said, it's our love that people would know that we're his disciples. So when we're not sure how to respond, when we're not sure how to walk something out, we need to ask ourselves, what does love require me? to do in that response because he loves everyone equal there's no one he loves more he doesn't love me more than you or anybody else that may be watching this the reality is that he loves everyone equally therefore I have the ability we should have the ability to love mm -hmm. them equally and so love requires something of us we've always learned we I remember learning when I was a teenager love is an action word it's a verb yeah yeah it's an action word it's not something we just say it's something we put to action. So therefore, when I'm driving by, and it doesn't mean we give to everybody, but when I'm driving down the road and I see somebody walking or I, and I feel like I'm something's nudging me to help someone, what does love require of me? It might take, may, it might be inconvenient for me in that moment. It might be inconvenient for me to give to someone. It might be inconvenient for me to, to do something to help someone that's in need. But the reality is sometimes that's what love requires of me. It also requires me sometimes to just keep my mouth shut. 
it might require me to say something when I don't necessarily feel like I should be. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes. Sometimes it'll be saying something, sometimes it'll be not saying something. Uh, and I, you know, it's like love also, you know, another thing is, especially in today's day and age, um, you know, your, your opinion is so strong, um, whether it's about politics or about church, it's like those are two subjects we're not even supposed to talk about anymore, it seems. Yeah. Um, because it's, it almost can draw lines mm -hmm. of who's okay and who's not okay. But sometimes I will choose relationship Mm -hmm. over being right because mm. I have an opinion you believe you're right about something I believe I'm right about something so where does it end mm. and so I'll choose to not push my point push my opinion f for the relationship's sake right and that's that's why because that's what love requires of me not always yeah and that's hard to say so I mean what that means you're gonna just be silent sometimes so really what you're diving into, and, and I think we could have a whole episode on this, is <laughs> discernment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, learning to just yeah. be obedient to the Holy Spirit as he leads us through the process of relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's a lot of life decisions, you know, you could be thinking, now is this what I want, or is right. God telling me to do this? And there's a lot to it. Absolutely. I do want to dive into, you're not just a pastor. <laughs> Yeah. You are a phenomenal construction um, contractor. Sure. And you've helped us out. Sure. I feel like you, you helped me out a lot <laughs> in a lot of different ways. Um, but we had that little bathroom. It was three by three. Mm -hmm. You helped us get rid of that. Yeah. Helped us build that counter that we're all really enjoying now. It's hard to imagine that we had a bathroom up there now. Not the space it, that you have now. Yes, because it was done so smoothly <laughs> that you don't even notice. Um Oh yes, and the massage house. You did the massage yeah, house. Those, those oak doors there. that you got um, yeah. set up for us, and just all sorts of things. So why construction? Um, you know what? Honestly, I uh, I got into it. I enjoyed it. Um, doing that line of work, God opened the door for me, and it was an opportunity for me to be able to run my own schedule. Mainly because, obviously, being bivocational, I know that ministry takes you know some time uh, more time at others you know mm -hmm. if I have a funeral I need to be able to control my own schedule of work mm -hmm. to be able to do a funeral or a wedding or go and and help people that are in need so I wanted something and I felt like God gave me the ability to be able to do this line of work to where I can I can run my own schedule uh, to do what I know that God has called me to first and so I, I am bivocational I don't think there's anything um, bad about that I believe God's called us to not only uh, to help people but also to the marketplace um, and those are just as important as, as being called to the ministry. Absolutely. <laughs> so how has chiropractic care helped you, especially with, with your ministry? Because there's a lot of energy demand on that. Absolutely. But also, you're lifting a lot. Absolutely. In construction. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say so that. I, I, so when I first came to you, um, I had been to several other chiropractors. I had found out that I have several, um, I don't know the details on it. You could probably say better than I could. I believe I have two discs that are really messed up. And mm -hmm. I was in, I was in literally in constant pain. And then when it flared up, I had several times where I was down for two weeks, could not move at all, and I was I was in constant pain. And I honestly, for about at least the, the last five years leading up to coming to you, I was in 
just about constant pain. It was having issues um, with my walking because it was a sciatic nerve that was beginning to have issues. And I, I just, uh, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> I didn't think, I thought it was just going to be a part of my life and started coming to you and we got into a plan and, and it was not a quick turnaround, which, you know, obviously mm -hmm. everybody wants it to be quick, but it oh, wasn't yeah. quick. Um, but I, I can honestly say I am pain free today. Obviously I can still do things that can mess that up, but, but yeah, I, I, I can honestly say I, I am pain free today and it is absolutely changed my life. I tell people all the time, I did not think I could ever be pain free. Um, and I, and I am, and obviously I still have, uh, flare ups that can happen, but it, they're short, they're, um, they're recoverable. I mean, just, it's just completely different. And it's given me the ability to, I mean, I remember many times it would hurt to stand, even to, to preach on a Sunday. It would hurt to go to a job, depending on what I was doing. And, and it does take um, physical aspects to it. And so, um, yeah, it's completely changed my life. That, that is it's some, it's so amazing. awesome. Because <laughs> uh, I remember when you first came in and, and yes, those lower spine discs are deteriorating and, mm -hmm. and all of that, but... I'm so excited for you. Well, and here, I didn't say this. Go ahead. But I was told by previous doctors and even chiropractors, the only answer to it was to have surgery. Well, obviously, I don't, I don't want to have surgery because there's so many high, you know, possibilities of bad things happening. Yeah. I, I, obviously, if that was the only option, then maybe I'd look down that road. But I honestly thought that was probably going to be the only option to be pain-free because that's what I was told. Yeah. And so to be able to be functioning... The way I am today is, an, is a miracle in my book. Answer to prayer for sure. Awesome. Because it, it really did affect my life. Well, and that that brings up two things. Yeah. Um, and I love that you, you said that, and I appreciate that. Um, one is chronic pain is one of the leading things to depression, yeah. which we could have a whole episode on sure. depression, anxiety, because sure. that's wreaking havoc on our world. But spiritual gifts so I want to just tie this all sure. together in, in a nice bow but I'm not in the I'm not a, a pastor sure right but God I feel has called me to be a chiropractor absolutely and through my love and, and how I can treat folks mm -hmm. you're able to do more um, we're all called to something Absolutely. We don't have to be pastors to make a massive impact because I think we all could actually be an answer to someone else's prayers. Oh, absolutely. And that that's powerful. Yeah. In itself. Yeah. We we oftentimes think of ministry. When I say the word ministry, we think that means a position or an occupation. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't that doesn't actually we're all called to ministry. Jesus commissioned everyone to walk in relationship. Yeah. We're all called to relationships. And actually that's where we, we oftentimes get things mixed up because we think, well, that's the minister's job or that's, a, that's this person's job or that's, what, that's mm -hmm. what they do. But actually walking in relationship with people and moving, helping people move from the simple term, from unbelief to belief about who God is. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a simplicity of the gospel right there. Helping people move from unbelief to belief about who God is. You're doing that every single day. Well, thank you. Just by giving, I mean, it's all about how, just by us walking out our lives. We're one, we can do it non-verbally just by our actions, by how we, how we treat people. There's something different about you, you know, those type of things. Or we can then say, well, I, you know, here's what I've, I've experienced. Here's what I've went through. 
and God helped me come through this. He can help you too. All we got to do is look for the opportunity where people are going through something and we can speak into and say, hey, I've experienced that. I've yeah. done that. Now, maybe it's not your situation, but we've all had situations we've been through. We can look back and see where God has been faithful. And giving people hope, something to believe. Oh, if God did it for Chris, God did it for Jason, God did it for, you know, maybe he can do it for me. That's where faith is released. Yeah. So I think that's where it's, it's a beautiful picture. Like our Jesus was always there. His ministry was to the marginalized, the outcast, the broken, the hurting people. So therefore, it always, it, it, that's who we when, we, when we reach out to those individuals to help them, to speak into them, to help them move from unbelief to belief about who God is, that's when we're, we're, we're walking in ministry. We're doing what God has commissioned us to do. I love it so much. Jason, awesome. I really do appreciate you. you joining us. We're going to have to do this again. I feel like there's many topics that we're, we're sure, we, sure. we have an opportunity to cover. Awesome. But folks, thank you for joining us, and I will see you guys next week on Thriving with Chiropractic. Thank you for joining. We truly hope Thriving with Chiropractic is making a positive impact on your health and wellness. Please comment and share this episode. We would love to hear from you. And as always, remember... Your story matters.